when I where I bought it from on Amazon, there was a bunch of like different like sets of two Christmas. One of them was just the Alana cousin Eddie's head, and it just said, "You serious, Clark?" <laughs> now we are going to test the sound. Speed so, test. Yeah, speed test. Speed test. So we are having fun now. <laughs> now yeah. we're having fun. We are indeed having fun now. We need. That's what you, we should get you as like a groom. Yeah, we should get you the the audio book of Arnold's uh, new book. His book. Be useful, Ryan. Speaking of Arnold, I saw something today that uh. Did, uh, who's the guy that does Shaun of the Dead? The Ed, Edwin Edgar Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is he's remaking the Running Man. I saw that, and it's going to be a lot closer. Who's to playing Sub Zero? I don't think that, uh, which is the some, problem. Some Zero. See, that, that's what they, they did the same thing with Total Recall. Sometimes, when they, they tried to make it like yeah, a book, uh, and sometimes you just got to leave the Arnold versions as the, the pinnacle. Well, hello and welcome back to another fun-filled visit to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is Ryan, John, I'm Glenn. Well, Ryan. Yes, Greg. We gathered recently, had a really good evening, to celebrate an event coming up this weekend. That's right, this weekend. I'm going to be tying the knot. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I'm I'm very excited. It's going to be very low-key, a lot of just just small, not Um, (laughs) low-key, you know, small, intimate, family, close friends only, and it's not going to be a big hoop-to-hoop, just... Very small, intimate affair. I think it's going to be great. Um, looking forward to it. Um, so, give us a review of your of the bachelor evening we had for you. Did you enjoy yourself? So yeah, you um, you know um, you know. In full disclosure, I, I've been divorced, so we've had a bachelor party, and we were much younger then. <laughs> we, <laughs> like, we, we, yeah, like a lot. Before you even say what we did the other night, I'm just I was so tired when I got home. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> I, Me too. I, I, uh, I, I wasn't too tired. I wasn't, but I was. I hadn't drank that much um, whiskey in a while, and Sandra just thought it was hilarious. Because <laughs> yeah, did you turn into Tony? I, uh, no, I, was... I wasn't overly tired. I did have a lot to drink. Um, we had some good whiskey, um, but yeah, we just had a, a cool night at Greg's house. Um, you know, you guys got some great steaks. We had some sausages and some uh, mac and cheese and whatnot. And then we had a nice poker night. Watched Son in Law while we played poker and. Uh, and yeah. we listened to jazz for a while. A lot, of, a lot really of cool, cool. jazz. Uh, it was very soothing, relaxing. Probably the most. I think, you know, anybody probably in their mid twenties would have thought it was one of the boring, most boring uh, bachelor parties. But for me, I thought it was perfect. Like, it was just very relaxing and chill. And that's kind of how I like my birthdays now. Just yeah, so. yeah, like you know, we've we've matured and we've aged. And I mean, I don't need strippers because, as Chris Rock taught us many years later, there's no sex in the champagne room. So what's the point of all this? <laughs> you just gotta have a lot of money. I guess, but I mean, is it really worth it in the long run? I don't think so. I mean, no. Yeah, I don't know. It's the gentlemen's clubs now after the the like events of the past few years. Just the the, the vibe is very different there. Well, I have not been to a strip club since COVID. I can't imagine. Uh, no, we. Oh no, you no. weren't with us that. I, yeah. 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 You. Went, yeah. I wasn't there, but y'all went. John was Oh yeah, for Greg. Not for my bachelor party. For Greg's bachelor. That was after COVID. That was yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Because remember, we had like we had certain restrictions in place still for the wedding. But yeah, that I, well, was that was fascinating. Okay, but so I, you can speak more because nobody else got dances. Well, at least I didn't, but you did. Was there any differences? Did they put a mask on your face or anything? No, I like. I mean, you know the whole story that went with that. But like the the funniest part to the the whole. Well, you got to tell the audience the story that you're alluding. To. I, I will get to the story momentarily, but. Uh, we we had a really nice so they they surprised me with uh, with hatchet throwing at, at this place called Stumpy's Hatchet House, 
really great time. We had a, you know had some drinks. Through you know, some I'm glad hatchets. you told me that because like for the life of me, have people have asked me. Yeah, Stumpy I, I, I've told it. people the story about when your bachelor party night, how we went and threw axes, and they they were asked, "Where'd you go?" And I'm like, "I really don't remember. It was a long <laughs> night." Stumpy's Hatchet House. That's where we started. I don't know. I can tell you where we ended. Which, by the way, if y'all want to sponsor this show, Stumpy's, we're, we're here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went to, to Texas Day Brazil after that and had meat no, butter. Fogo no, Fogo to Chow. Fogo. Fogo to Chow. Sorry, yeah. I was, yeah. That's fine. But it was, it was a wonderful meal. And then there wasn't many of us left at that point that were still kind of Jones, like, you know, ready to, to do something else. So we were near. We walked down to Bourbon Street for the first time ever, went to the Penthouse Club. Um, and it's, it'd been a long time since we were in there. So we go in and we sit down at the little small table and yeah. order a drink and, you know, several thousand dollars later worth of drinks because that's how much they cost there. Uh, it was me, Glenn, Mike, you, and Mike. Mike. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, that four, those four. I think that might have been it. That might have been it because you John had John a medical, had a med- medical uh, yeah. issue and so still went with he you, had, right? He had too much yeah. beef down his throat. And he had to <laughs> <laughs> the meat butter did not help. No. Uh, but no, we're, we're sitting there and, you know, it, it kind of – there was this one girl walking around, and she kind of leaned into Mike and asked him if he wanted to dance. He goes, that's the bachelor. So she's, she's like, well, you want to buy a dance for him? So they bought a dance for me, and she was Russian. And I say this because she had a thick Natasha from Boris and Natasha accent. Tione. Yeah. He, he wants a dance? I thought you were saying she was rushing. Like, she really was hurrying. No, she, was, she did not rush. She was a Russian. Um, she but she, she takes me up to the thing, you know, sits there. Good and thing. Now, the voice I'm about to do, I'm telling you, is accurate. But... We're sitting there, and she, you know, starts the whole process. And I she, hope this is going to be Teddy KGB. She, she, she strips down, and she, uh, she like, she grabs my hands, and she like puts them on her chest, and she goes, "You like bubis?" <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I mean, who, who doesn't? She's like, they're very cold now, but they will be warm soon. He's and never told me this story. I, I, thought, I could have sworn that I told no. you. This. He told me this story. You did not tell me you had the Arnold Schwarzenegger stripper. She's, but yeah, she's like the bubies are cool. So she starts doing like this dance, and she's like, "Oh, you like?" And I'm like, "Cool." And the whole time this is this is happening, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? At one one time this would have been very very exciting, but I've got you know greatness at home. I'm 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 fine. So she finishes, and she's like, uh, she's like, "Oh, you want another dance?" And I said, uh, "I think I want to go back to my friends." And, and we went down there, and I was kind of you know sitting there, and you looked at you guys. I'm like, "I think I'm ready to go," and we kind of. We we got you a few dances yeah. that night. Um, he tripped me. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, bubis. You ha- you like the bubis? The last time I went to a strip club was a long time ago, and it was when we went. It, it was Comic Con. We yeah, you, me, and Jared. Went, we went down there because Jared had just split up with his his wife, and he wanted to go down there. And I remember after being in there for forty five minutes, a waitress says, "Why are you here?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Well, you've been here for forty five minutes, and you've not stopped watching Sports Center the entire time." I'm like, "He was watching Sports Center." Like, I guess I'll go. I was noting the fact that they were using Cintas towels to wipe the pole down, and Shern was just kind of, "Yeah, yeah, he's dead to me." He's. I mean, we lost a friend once. He's dead to me. QAnon stole him from us. Yeah, QAnon took him. Speaking of friends, uh, I talked to you guys at the the bachelor party about it, but uh, I have become a bit enamored with European football. And uh, do you really understand it? Do you really enjoy? I'm, it? No, I'm learning it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have decided. I was I messaged John last night. I was watching a Chelsea game, and I think Chelsea might be my team. Uh, why are you looking at me like that? Because I think was it in Eastern Promises when the guy was that that one nerd they were all fucking with? He kept like he was a big Chelsea fan, and there was at that he was at that game where he's walking through and everybody's screaming for their team. He's like Chelsea, and I think screaming. it was Arsenal. They're screaming Wanga, 
And then he ends up getting stabbed to death not yeah. long after that. <laughs> Maybe I'll get stabbed to death. But um, well, I do know that like there was a kid from Game of Thrones who went up to the game in Game of Thrones. He was well, on, the, on the wall. Oh, I, I oh, found yeah, this yeah, out right. from a from a friend today. But apparently, like uh, Chelsea used to be owned by a Russian oligarch, but apparently he sold it to a American billionaire uh, when the Ukraine invasion happened. Well, if you want to, here's my thing about European football, because real football is in America. No, no, football is. Yeah, the, the sport that we play over here where you don't actually use your feet, except for one player hey, on the team. Nate Bargatze's Saturday Night Live special explained all that. We They, they use their feet sometimes. <laughs> um, all right, I don't like how in the Premier League in, in England there's no playoffs. It's like you just play through the regular season and the top team, that, that's it. There's nothing after that. I don't like that. But they do have the Champions League, which I do follow quite a bit. Well, okay, where so where they take the top teams from all the different European nations and they play. So right now I'm watching English Premier League and I'm also watching the French uh, League One, but they don't just do French teams. I, I, they league, do league. Uh, yeah, league, uh. here's what I tell you. Here's my opinion about any other country's European. Country. It's like it's like two teams, two or three teams, and everyone else is just shit. The Premier League. Premier League's not. No, I was about to say the Premier League has got lots of good teams, but like, you know, in, in you know, you got Barcelona and you got. You know Real Madrid. That's it, pretty much. And then or, uh, or Atletico. Madrid. Paris Saint Germain, which is my French team. Yeah, and that's pretty is is great. Uh, but they were playing. They got beaten by Milan recently. Milan had a really that's good team. That's because it was the probably Champions League. Well, no, it's 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 League One is what they call it. It's, Milan it's, is in the French league. It's a European. There's a European league. That's the Champions League. Right. It's called League One. No, it's not. I don't. I don't know. It's I called the Champions League. League One is the French league. Okay. I well, I. But, they they were playing against Milan, who that was, was probably in the, the Champions League. League. The Champions League is if it's not a team in that country, it was probably the Champions League, and that is it's really good because they will that the French team will still play in League One, but yeah. the, the best teams in there go to okay. the Champions League. It's really League. Weird. well. Then they, yeah, then I'm, because, I'm watching. Like, so let's yeah. say say, say Chelsea. You like if Chelsea ends up being like one of the best teams, Chelsea will play in the Premier League and then also go play in the Champions League. Yeah, and the, to me, the Champions League is much more exciting because it actually has a group stage. A knockout stage, a championship, and it gets really exciting. The, the reason the Premier League is, is exciting is first of all because you know you get to talk to David O'Kane about it, but also uh, the fact that when I watch the the European Champions League, uh, it's typically the games are broadcast and recorded from Univision is the closest thing, so it's all in Spanish. You, you can, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do watch that guy because you don't need to understand half of what he says. I, I, all I know is when he, he goes Whoa. through in the, on, on Paris Saint-Germain, he gets to one point and he's like, literally right, Mbappe! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, uh, and look, I've said this before, I've, I've told it to anybody at my job, when we talk, like, the World Cup is, to me, second to none in sporting events. Like, I can watch Ghana versus well, I'm, I'm, Northern I'm, Ireland. But like, seriously, the, I'm starting every, to get it now. Every like, World Cup match is in, so intense. Well, the thing for me is, I know that this is the most popular sport in the world. And I was like, well, you know, I watched, was rewatching Ted Lasso. I'm like, you know, let me give it a chance because I, lo- I love watching hockey. It can hockey. be good. It can be good. It can be boring, but like, it can be really good. Like, it depends. I think on the league you're watching and, and what your taste is. But also, people say it can be boring, but also, it's going to be at a maximum two and a half hours long. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that it doesn't stop. Like, they it, don't pause yeah. for commercials. It's usually about two hours long. Yeah, a little less. You're, you're you know what you're in for. Yeah, like the most recordings that they have of the game is like two and a half hours. Yeah, because so, they have the they have that two halves of the game and then there's the break in the middle. But yeah, it, it, I, I I endorse your pursuit of uh, European soccer. It's worth it. You mean football? As as Ryan, the guy I told you, uh, I sent you a video. Yeah, he sent me a video of the guy who's on the LA Galaxy now, 
and he reminded me of Zava. He's, Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Yes. I sent him. A, I just sent don't him, mess I sent, with the Zlatan. I sent him the video of the, his that, that first goal when he made when he came to the MLS. I showed Heather where, today. And where she he was like, shot it from like almost midfield. You you need to look up like interviews he's done. He is the best like he, interviewer. He is, he's 100% Zava. Like, he's as as, so hilarious. Yeah. And he talks about himself in the third person. He does. He does. That's all. I, when, now I know who you guys were talking about because yeah. Because when I saw him too, like in, I saw the, the head, I'm like, oh, it's definitely this guy's like Zava. And then when uh, Heather and I were watching, and he he has the shirt off and he got all the tats, and I'm just like, he definitely is. And did did he actually retire now? Yeah, he's done. He, I think he just retired. He went to the you know, avocado retired. farm. He went. Yeah, he, so. he he played in Europe. He went to America for a while. I think he played on two teams, and then he went back to Europe to play for Milan. I think again briefly. And, briefly, and I think he got hurt, and then he retired after that. Well, speaking of games. Well, we have to try something. First. Oh, we do. Yeah, uh, my beautiful soon-to-be wife gave us air was freeze-dried. So uh, let me tell you, these freeze-dried candies. My mom brought some back when they, from when they went to Tennessee, and she brought us freeze-dried Skittles. And Josiah went nuts. She has some of those, but these are freeze-dried fruit roll-ups. That looks phenomenal. And uh, I had one earlier. You guys enjoy. They, I just bought Clara a bag of uh, freeze-dried Skittles from the farmer's market. Really they're cool. delicious. They taste just like a fruit roll-up. But I miss... Because I mean, they are a fruit roll-up. But I miss being able to suck the juice out of a, a gooey right, fruit so roll-up. Are I you think, a fruit roll-up vampire? No, like, I, I used to like to ball it up like like a big league chew and stick the whole fruit roll-up in the mouth. So I got a multicolored one here. Uh, I got a multicolored and a red. I got a pink one. Or a red one. All right. I'm going to do the multicolored. I guess I'll go in again yeah. with you guys. It's Pork toast. Bar. To the freeze-dried yeah, fruit roll-up. Yeah. It's so crunchy. This is so bad. It tastes just like a fruit roll-up. But they're so easy to eat. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's my know, question. Is that an entire fruit roll-up in one of those yeah. little squares? That's crazy. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I could eat like 15 of these and not a sugar well, in that. Oh, my God. No, yeah. I don't think it is. Because the fruit roll-ups, they come rolled up like that, but they're about that long. So it's probably cut they're into... Cut. Into like three pieces, probably. So it's probably about a third of a fruit roll up. It tastes just like a fruit roll up. Well, I mean, I could eat this entire bowl of them in mm-hmm. five minutes yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah, they're delicious. They're, they're good. They're very, very sugary. They are. Um, well, we also look at it. It looks like it's rolled up. Yeah, yeah John's right. They probably. I think. Yeah, I think John's right. They rolled it up and then yeah. chopped it up in about two I mean, or three I mean, pieces. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're the leader, man. He also is right because John made us some nuts. I did. Little spice pecans. Spice pecans. My mother-in-law gave me this recipe that she says she makes them every year for Christmas, and they're it's super easy to make. It's uh, what's the spice? It's um, it's uh, half a stick of butter melted, two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce, a teaspoon of hot sauce, and like half a teaspoon of salt, and you just kind of coat wow. it in that, and then you bake it in the oven for like twenty minutes. So I guess you could depend on your wow. spice level. You could add more spice if you want. A lot of complex flavors in that. That's really good. Yeah. Get some. Good snacks tonight. I've been trying to look for uh, carb alternatives. Pecans. So rather than chips and stuff, I've been eating a lot of, a lot of different kind of mixed nuts and stuff. I can get some, some protein. For you, man. No, I'm good. Nice. Well, right. from from there to, to more games, the Squid Game. Um. So did all y'all see the, the no? S- I saw bits and pieces of the series because Heather was watching and I would come in on it. You need to watch it. I, I do. Um, like leave right now, go home and watch so, it, and then come back. All right. When all right. when Squid Game first finished, I'll I'll admit, um, I was immediately like, I cannot wait for season two, because um, it does end on a cliffhanger. So I was like, I can't wait to see what they do with the next season. Then I heard they are doing another season, 
But then I heard Netflix was going to do a reality show, sort of like a like Squid Game, but a reality show version. And I was not very excited about that. But I was like, well, I mean, I'd watch it, but I don't really care. So it debuted, I guess, about two weeks ago. The challenge is just called the Squid Game. Squid the Game, challenge. the challenge, and it's about was it four hundred and oh ninety three people or some shit like that. It's it's yeah. So for those who don't know, in the premise of Squid Game, people who are in financial like dire straits are given the opportunity to participate in a game that they don't really understand. They're basically just told you can play these games called Squid Games. And if you win, you will win like millions. Why of are dollars. they called Squid Games? They don't really say why. They're they're not they're not actually called Squid Games. The, the, the final game that they play is called Squid. And game. Squid Game is like a child a child's game in Korea, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. So yeah, and I can't remember what the rules of that one was, but that was that final game that they played. It's four hundred fifty six contestants. Four fifty six. So basically, this reality show basically pits four hundred fifty six people. Against each other, and these people from all around the world. And I mean, you're talking about different ages, races, religions, sexual orientation. I mean, it, you name every possible demographic they covered to put into this game. And in the show, it's like they don't really understand the dynamic of what they're about to do. They think they're just in a competition, and very early on, they realize they're going to get killed if they don't if they get eliminated. So this show sort of mimics that without actually killing them, but in a very funny way. Yeah. Where uh, an ink thing explodes. It's a squib. A squib explodes on their chest, which is quite funny. A squib, ga- squib game. Squib game. Yeah, there it's like go. they get shot by a paintball. So, yeah, that's what this show basically is. Um, but they I, have to act like they die. If they which get. is kind of funny. But I felt like at the very beginning, not all of them do. Some of them just do it and be like, oh. They're kind of confused. Like, They're like, oh, like, damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm out kind of thing. Yeah. But then some just, it happens and they just go, oh, and just collapse to the ground like they just got shot. And it's quite hilarious when it happens. Um, so what I will say about this is um, there are some games that are familiar to the original Squid Game show. There are some amazing additions. Yep. And, and I did read an interview with one of the contestants that said that as soon as he was picked, he watched the show like 12 times in a row. And because he's like, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of these games from the show. And they had a few, not all yeah, of them. Yeah, though. not all of them, which is, I think, was, was smart on their part. Very so smart. I'm sure a lot of people so did that. One thing that I actually heard about it, and this is just from the first episode, um, Karen said she saw like some interviews and stuff with people. She said when they played the red light, green light game, it's like, it says like five minutes or whatever on mm-hmm. the little thing. She said they were there for like well over an hour. So like there was a part where the girl was like squatting down and she's like, I can't be like, she like, she'd been there for like 45 minutes in that Holy position. Holy shit. It's a, it's well, a, that's it's a, a little ch- bit more understandable why yeah. she gave up so fast. It's a, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, all right, now, I did not like the long interview with all the contestants that they would oh, have. and I, I liked it. Again, hey, again to, I mean, I, I thought... Yeah, yeah, you give your point of view. I mean, I just thought it was too long. Like, I would hit, like... First of all, thank you, Netflix, for the little 10-second fast-forward button. Uh, I love it so much. So, like, watching a show like this, I'd hit the little fast-forward button, and then they're still talking. And I'd listen to it for about 15 seconds, and they're still talking. It, it just... I don't need to know that much about their... I mean, this might just be me. Because, like, when I watch Pressure Luck or Jeopardy, I never listen to their stories. I fast-forward through all that shit. I just want to get to the game. But and, you, and you tell me why you like it. I do, because... All right, so one of the things that I liked about the, the, the show... I mean, it's called Squid Game, but you get to know these characters and follow them. And, you know, when some of them die in the original one, or the, you, 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 you feel for them because you feel like you're getting to know these characters, these people. 
And they couldn't do this with this reality show because it's not scripted. It's a reality show. So by doing these interviews, that's how you get fan favorites. That's how you get villains. That's how you get characters. And when some of these characters get eliminated, you take it kind of hard. And I think it just adds to the drama of the show. Because... Um, I mean, there's a reason Survivor's been on for as long as it is, and it's not. I'm glad you brought and that. And it's not the challenges. I'm glad it's, you it's brought this, that up. And the fact that the way that they're doing Squid Game, it's not. There's the the games, but there are also little challenges in the bunk. And I think by doing the interviews, the ch it makes the challenges in the bunk the more stressful of the the challenges. And I don't know. I just got into it. I. I absolutely. I think the show is amazing. <laughs> what the, some of the things they've done. So what what was your Give me two of your favorite moments. The glass bridge. Yes. That the drama in that glass bridge challenge was incredible. Where we, it was like you saw a tragic figure, a couple of them actually. Yeah. And, and one villain revealed yeah, themselves. Exactly. Um, um, that that that's probably when I think that's the thing I immediately. You know think which about. one like is a low key my favorite moment was the telephone in the dorm. With the yeah. with, with that was hilarious. With the, with the burger, yeah, yes, that, that was good. Um, I liked when everybody came out and just like started like scavenging off it, and that one girl just went just grabbed the entire burger and just walked off with it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> she's, she's but yeah, some of these some of these characters like that. That one was he a British guy that kept like collecting all of everyone's leftovers for dinner and just eat it, and he just went and. <laughs> no, that was that that weird like. It was like an Italian guy. Yeah, he was an Italian guy. Italian guy. And they kept showing, when when they interviewed him, he was wearing that weird, like, he was like, like that quilted... It was like, that, yeah, that like he, he crocheted his whole he, outfit. He crocheted yeah. his there, whole outfit. There was a couple his, of games, though, that I really did not like. I didn't like the one where I felt like it was based on just popularity. Where they were like, the, there was, someone was appointed as a leader. Oh, the, uh, the basic, the, the, the schoolhouse pick? Well, yeah, and it was like, okay, you pick who you want to take with you. Yeah. I didn't like that because that was just too much like who you like. But you see, I think that's what, like, watching all the interviews were like, oh, this person does, like, a lot of but their... They all they all did different crap. Like, right. But uh, it was just sort of like, this person was, like, hanging out with this group of people. Most of them just got eliminated. What's going to happen to them? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I don't know. It's just... And then, like... We got, we got into it. it. It got to the point where they were like, you know... The women were down to like very small there was, numbers. There was nine women, so they like, came together. Like, look, we all pick each other. We're gonna outlast them, and then are they all gonna like hold true to the woman alliance? And it's like it's a real, it, it's very survivor esque, but I think in a lot of ways a little bit better. I, I agree. So I, I definitely think people should watch on Netflix. Unfortunately, well, shit. By the time this comes out, the the finale be, will be out. I believe it, it comes. It'll come out on the day this episode airs. Yeah. yeah. So there was released of six, then another. Five, I think. Yeah, because yeah, and now and then a, a final episode coming out. Yeah, so it started today. with. Four, I think it's ten. It's ten episodes total. So it's yeah. So there's been nine. Well, maybe it was, it was five and five. Yeah. Five, then no, there's five and there's four. yeah five and four. Five and four, then, maybe something like that. Yeah, because it started Whatever. off with four hundred and fifty six, and now we're down to three. This was the first time. It's, and and I will know. say the the final challenge with the the little present. One of the contestants, his whole personality changed, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Which, the guy with the long hair? Yeah. Yeah. He's got beautiful cool. hair. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Oh, this keep, happens. Keep, keep talking. Just keep carrying on. But, um, yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, oh, that's my question. Yes. Is this the first time Netflix has not released the entire series at once? Are they doing in batches like that? Yeah, well, I mean, they did the same thing with The Crown that we're currently with, watching. With what? The, the Crown. Crown. 
Yeah, so is this the first time they've done this? Is this some kind of new shit that they're doing? Um, I feel like they did this with something else recently. Did they do it with that, uh, oh, that, I can't remember the name of the show. I, didn't, I haven't really watched very much of it, where it was like each episode has its own story. Um, oh, Molly Cyrus had something to do with one of them. Oh, you're talking about, um, is it Orphan Black? Or yeah. Black Mirror? Black, Black, Mirror. Black Mirror. Did they do that with Black Mirror? I think Mirror? so. I don't know. This is, Netflix is sort of famous for just putting it all out there. Now they're sort of staggering. I think a lot it. of streaming services are kind of starting. We've to... debated about on the podcast before about that. Would, and I think I mean, it depends on the show. I, I agree. Squid Game, I think it's perfect. Well, they they don't drag it out. Like it's right. it's a week or two before yeah. they they put out the next batch. So I'm fine with that. And that's how The Crown is done. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But I mean, yeah, right. They release what the first four episodes, and then it's like three weeks later, or maybe a month later, we'll all get the, rest the next of it comes batch out then, altogether. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that we did not get batches of episodes for on Netflix. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, a movie from a while back, uh, debuted an animated series. It com- came from a comic book that was done in a, in a manga style. Um, the movie, I think everyone here at the table is, is a fan of. You guys have all seen I don't it. Know. Ryan, Ryan, hated Ryan, it. No, Ryan, Ryan hated it? I fucking hate it. What the fuck's wrong with you? It's not good. It's terrible. It's fun. You're terrible. It's a good movie. Um, now, I, now, now I, I can say it is very stylized, and you're either going to love it or you're going to not get it, now, and you're going to hate it. Ryan is the latter. I will say this. like A lot of times with things... It's either, either going to work for you or it's not. Or mm. it's just built up so much, and you see it once, and I have literally only seen it one time. So maybe if I revisit it, I might have a different feeling about it, but I hated it, and I've never seen it since. So that's where I come out. Pity for you. Yeah, and the movie came out. It came out in 2010. Yeah. So. It's been a while. 13 years. Uh, this is the, the style, visual style of the comic book. Uh, the story um, is not exactly like the movie. It is an exact redo of the movie. However, the cast is the same. Oh. So Michael Sarah does Scott Pilgrim's voice. You do have Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You have uh, Jason Culkin? Schwarzman. Culkin? Yeah, oh. yeah. Like they're, they're, all of the voices are there, which kind of surprised me. Uh, even Anna Kendrick, they're they're all back for it. And who's that? Is it Aubrey? Plaza? Aubrey Plaza yeah. is in it. Um, the interesting thing for me is I was having this conversation with Josiah the other day because we were talking about the Halo series. They released a new uh, trailer for the next season. He was like, a lot of people didn't like that first season. So why well, I got a kick out of it? He goes, well, they said it was like so different from the the, the comic, and I was like, from the the game, and I said, well. That's the thing. Would you like to just see them adapt the game story exactly as it was? That, that wouldn't be very interesting. And I kind of tell them about how The Walking Dead, uh, one of the big, you know, spirit of the comic book was that anything could happen. You didn't know it was going to happen. If they just took that directly from the comic and put it on the screen, then you'd know who was going to die and when, and it would kind of take some of the air out of it. So with this, this story is very different. And I'm not going to go into why. I've seen three episodes of it. Actually, no, four. Uh, but... It is a very good show. Uh, it does a different angle on things, and it dives into the characters' backstories a little bit more deeply than we got into in uh, in the actual the, the movie. I don't know because I haven't seen the end of the series if it's like a mini series or if there are going to be other seasons of it. But if you loved the movie, I think you're going to get a kick out of this. If you didn't, this might be the avenue to try it out, Ryan, and see if you actually animated. Like Thirty minute eight episodes. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Colin from Accounts, tell us, Glenn, from the table. Yes. So I um, discovered this actually today. Uh, and, and to be full on, honestly, I was listening to a, um, a podcast, and someone recommended 
the show that no one's watching it and it's amazing. So I, it's on Paramount Plus. I saw I saw Colin from Accounts and I saw the episodes are relatively short. So let's let's give this a shot. Um, so this show it's an Australian show that Paramount Plus um, acquired and is uh, bringing over to the United States. Um, it doesn't really star anyone that American audiences would know. I mean, like I said, it's all um, it's an Australian production. The premise of the show is it's a um, it's it's a couple. Um, well, not really. It's two people. It's Gordon and Ashley. Uh, the first scene of the show, Gordon is driving to work. He's a, a, he owns a, a brewery, in in Sydney, and Ashley is a medical student and she's walking to work and she's kind of getting dressed. And get you know, she's running late. Um, and Colin is, uh, I mean, Gordon is a good bit older than Ashley, but Ashley, you know, she's she's getting dressed, you know, you know getting herself all situated, walking to work, and she kind of has a little wardrobe malfunction. And as Gordon's driving, he looks and he sees her nipple kind of pop out a little, and he gets distracted and he hits a dog, and she sees it and she's like, "Oh my god!" And he's it's a very Seinfeldish argument that he's blaming her for him hitting the dog because she distract she distracted him. With, with her with her breast and you know she's like but you hit the dog so his ex-girlfriend's a vet so they bring the dog to the vet and let's just say they decide to chip in to get the surgery to help this dog and but now it's a special needs dog that can't be by itself so they they're like all right let's since we're chipping in to save this dog well you'll have it sometimes I'll have it sometimes uh however Ashley's apartment doesn't allow pets so um she kind of moves in with Gordon, and it's a very, it's a, it's a sitcom, it's like a, ro- a romantic sitcom, but it's really funny, and it's really quirky, and I don't know, the, the, the Australian humor is very relatable, I think, to, um, to here, here in America, but it's, the chemistry between the actors, and it's really, is very palpable, and this might be one of the reasons why I liked it so much, but I mean, I flew through these episodes, they're about... 20, 25 minutes each. I mean, I threw five of them today. And where are they? Oh, it's on Paramount Plus. It's. I would highly recommend. Watch Colin from Accounts. It's. It, it it's it's good for couples to watch, but it's also like if you just want to throw something on. It's very funny. It's very topical. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the, like them on their phones and stuff, and the stuff with him with the brewery. It's just. I, I think it's. It's for com for like a sitcom. You know, they're kind of evolving away from, like, the laugh tracks and stuff. This one, it, it works, and I think it's fantastic. So I would highly recommend that it's on Paramount+. Plus. I think the whole first season's on there. I think it's only, like, eight episodes. But, um, yeah, check it out. Check out Colin from Accounts. Well, while Ryan will this weekend marry his true love, uh, his first love was cults. And he watched a show. <laughs> a few... I, was, I was really wondering where this was going. I had no idea where he was going with that because it's fucking great. Uh, I, few... I, lo- I do love a cult. <laughs> a, a few weeks ago, uh, you talked, talked to about us about watching a documentary about cults called Escaping Twin Flames. So, Greg, have you found your twin flame? Um, it's you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you are you, you are the the feminine though, so you'll have to. I have no problem with that. I got to get a vagina now. Um, well, I, I watched the documentary. And then I was looking for something else to watch. So, wait, 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 the documentary on Netflix, "Escaping Twin Flames," which is like three episodes. Three episodes, okay. yeah. I watched right. it over the course of a day. All right. Um, and then, like another day, I was looking for something to watch, and I went on Amazon, and I saw I, through the different suggested things, there was this thing called "Desperately Seeking Soulmate," and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." And then I, I thought it was like a regular movie, and then I looked at the subtitle; it said "Escaping Twin Flames Universe." 
And I was like, can't be another documentary. And it was. Another three-part documentary. Um, so, um, I will say this. The, the one that you watched on Netflix had a lot of very interesting things. And I, what I love, too, about it is the fact that the reason we get all this footage is because someone had a hard drive that used to work for them that had all of their stuff on it. And basically, they were like, here you guys go. Um, the second documentary, which there is a benefit for you to for, uh, watching this, Ryan, it deals with the international aspects of it. And there's actually a reporter they talked to that wrote a story about them uh, for, if I'm not mistaken, it's Vanity Fair. But she actually went to their house and interviewed them, and they have video from that interview. Um, the two of those? The two, the, the two the, losers? The, the two psychopaths. Uh. Um, this is a fascinating – it takes something that's kind of an innocuous, like, holistic thing. And these two people pervert this and abuse people in this basically multi-level marketing scheme. I don't know. Like, you know, it's one thing when, like, you hear about, you know, on Wall Street or any kind of scam that people buy into where you rip them off of money. I mean, that's common. That happens. That's, But, like, when you, like, start to convince people they need to change their sexual orientation or you know, ignore court orders to avoid people because this person is who you're supposed to be with. It's like, now you're like in criminal, so, I mean it was criminal before, but now it's like you're really like tearing people's lives down. So, the first documentary doesn't deal with this, but the second documentary, they actually talk to uh, childhood friends, relatives, and everything. Of, of the these, two? Yes. <laughs> so, that's why I think you might actually want to watch it. Um, did you get the sense... That one of the couple is is more dominant than the other. It's their idea. I tell you what, I, I got the sense that they are not a couple, that they are a corporation, the two of them in, in business together. Um, they're definitely a couple. Uh, they're that's what their parents and everything say. But her the the girl's dad was like she isn't she's a willing participant. He's like the the Megan that we knew because her name's actually that, Megan. That kids, she, the guys, the that, that basically the two of them are on even like they. She brought the spiritual elements to it. I mean, I can sort of see that. The business. He does. He does like. He does. He's the one who like confronts people, um, like in the Skype videos. He's the one who does the major confronting, and she sort of backs him up. But at the same time, she's there. She doesn't have anything to say. She doesn't stop anything. Well, no, because it's kind of it's. Yeah. She she she's referring to his charm. Look, the bottom line is, if you love cults, th- this is a fascinating one. And it's so it's different. It's a very different. But this is cult. this is why it's different, though. It's almost like he has that David Miscavige model, where a he a little bit. It's very. It's it's kind of like the poor man's version of Scientology in a way. To a degree. Uh, the funny part for me, though, is that unlike Scientologists, where this cult starts to fall apart for people is when everything that they're promising doesn't work. Yeah, and, they and everyone that they they alienate from this, it's a, it's kind of a growing movement. But the, the sinister part is that they're preying on these people with, that just want companionship, and that's a big need in society as a whole, the world over. And their presence has expanded. Yeah, and it's 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 scary. But they've made millions off of these people, these coaches that they had working for them for like basically nothing. There's actually the video of him kind of talking about how well that, that we need to avoid taxes. We'll basically just become a church. Yeah. So all of a sudden they start injecting the the more godly elements to it, but it is it is absolutely mind boggling that you you were right when you said this was crazy. That, like 
when they start to talk to people who were already there was a, there's a couple who were already in a same sex relationship, and they decide that you know there's, there's masculine and there's feminine, and one, one of, of you, you has to have a penis. He basically berates this person to change their name to Dan yeah. until finally they just say no, I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, of course, fine, I'm Dan, and later on doesn't you she <laughs> so she doesn't use the name Dan. And he gets pissed, and that's ultimately what, like, they, they block them from everything. And then they don't have any income because their entire life was being these, the coach for these people. So Netflix and Amazon, you can find about yeah. Twin Flames. Six uh, hours worth of If you're crazy. a fan of cults. It's a good one. All right, from cults to crowns. This is it. Yeah, this, this is, is the, uh, the end of the the, the British I Empire. Gonna, I thought you were going to say like the end of the episode. Uh, this is it. Yeah. I I love this show. This is one of the very few shows, and I, I don't know if I can explain why. Like this is just one show that is I is it kind of like a Mad Men type thing. I yeah. guess because like I I don't let the episodes like go. Like when the when they drop on Netflix, like I am watching them immediately, and I can't stop. I finished the first four within like it two is. days. I feel like it, it's like Mad Men, or like I said before, and you, you watched Downton Abbey too. It's like the same thing. It's like I can't really explain this to make it sound super interesting, um, but when you watch it, it is. Do they have the next time on Mad Men? No, no, no show does it quite like that. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, I, I will say this: I, I have I've got to point out a guy who John and I are familiar with, especially, but Dominic West. Yes. In, Dominic West is awesome. Oh, he's he good. in this show, like we we know him from The Wire, when as McNulty when he was he was fantastic. But like, like the fuck that I do, the fuck that I do. But like, oh my god, his perform. First of all, like the beginning of the final season, you get to see Dominic West bringing, you know, the performance of total joy and happiness of a guy who's finally reached the woman he's supposed to be with, or he believes he's supposed to be with. And he's finally found happiness, and he's incorporated his family, as his royal family, as best as he can into that. And then, to the tail end of it, with Princess Diana's death, and you see the sorrow and regret and the mistakes that he's made and the empathy in his performance when, her, when she dies. He's on one end of the spectrum or the other, and he is so amazing in this first yeah. half of the season. That fourth episode was was amazing. He was the only one like like they all had moments, but like he was the one who really brought it to me like about yeah. what happened. Well, it's like there was three scenes that were all kind of like kind of similar in the fourth episode, and just everybody knows what happened. In the end of the third episode is when Princess Diana dies in the car. It's how the episode ends, and then the, there's kind of the aftermath in the next episode. And there's a scene with Charles, and a scene with the Queen where they're sitting down, basically having a conversation with Diana's ghost. And then there's also a scene with Mohammed Fayed talking to his son Dodi, who's the same same sort of thing. And they're just kind of, and then they show show the seat again, and it's an empty seat that they're looking at. Yeah, I wanted to ask y'all about that because like, I was wondering if it was going to kind of. Right, so they had a show called From the Earth to the Moon, and when they got to the Apollo 13 episode, the movie had been so successful, they had to do something different. And the movie The Queen that dealt with kind of the aftermath of Princess Diana's death, I was wondering if. How they did it, because they couldn't do the same thing as the, um, the, movie, the Helen Mirren film. They didn't really focus too much on the accident itself. Like, it was mostly about Diana and her life and, like, the fact that, like, while she was friends with this guy and they were sort of dating, it wasn't a serious relationship. 
her father, I mean, I'm sorry, Dodie's father was trying to push this as like to get himself into the royal family. And when the accident happens, it's basically sort of told from like every sort of aspect of the royal family. Like you see the queen where she's kind of like, and the and the, the king, well, was he, is he a king? No, it's Prince Philip. Prince Philip. He's just basically like, you know, well, she's not really part of the royal family. She, she divorced us. We just let her go. And I, I loved Prince Charles. Like, I guess we just sent her home in a, in, a, in a box. Like, what are we talking about here? It's like, she's, the whole world loves this woman, and you guys are going to treat her with disrespect. I'm telling you, if, if anything, just watch and, his performance. And I like it because, well, a lot of people might not know that Harrods, Greg's, Harrods, Harrods is like one of the major, like, department stores that's like a very high-end department store, and Muhammad Fayed owns Harrods. And That I didn't know. Yeah, so... There, there's a thing in there where they're saying, you know, that, like Ryan just said, you know, she divorced the royal family. She's not a member of the royal family. And Charles just quips back with, so I guess we'll just, they'll just send her home in a Harrods van then. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, we didn't obviously hear this point of it, but they're, when they hear about it, they're at Balmoral Castle, which is the, the castle that they have in Scotland. And they're there with the, you know, the boys. And the Queen and Prince Philip are more worried about keeping everybody there and making sure the boys and everything are okay. And Charles goes to identify the body and everything and realizes all these people are just in mourning and everything over what's happened. And they're not having a good reaction to the Queen not having an, a presence in this at all. And he's like... Which you know, was what the film was about. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you're, you're losing the people because you need to go out and address this because they're all in mourning and their Queen is nowhere to be found. And it was, it's very interesting. And One of my was, favorite parts was like Dominic West is like, he's been up all night and like somebody, I think it might've been the queen. Somebody comes to ask him, have you told the boys yet? And he's like, no, I wanted to let them sleep so that they can have a few more hours thinking that their mother's still alive. Yeah. That one line, I was just like, oh my God. And then when he finally goes to tell them, he wakes up William, uh, William and he's like, he's like, hey, I, I need you to be brave. And he's like, what? what? And, he, and he sits up and like, the, the show does a really good job of, like, you know, I think a lot of times, like, you know, you think, oh, I, I want to see, like, you know, the graphic. I want to see the accident. I want to see what happened. You don't see any of that. But, like, they, do it, need to. they do it in a very, very well-done way where you... F- you feel the presence of the accident. Yeah, and they don't do it in a melodramatic well, then, in, in way. the way you said it, everyone knows it. So it's right. sort of... You have to do, it, take, do a different spin on it. They do a very, very, very unique way, and it's not, like, overly dramatic... They, they, they just sort of bring you the facts and then like when it gets to there's a lot of scenes where like you hear no dialogue and it's just like a close up on facial reactions while there's music playing it's like it's really well done so um, I haven't seen the second half I noticed for some reason critics have not liked this I don't know I, I thought it was this incredible. is another like if you look at it like critics I think around 40% audiences are in the 90s I, and I don't know what critics are thinking this is shows just as good as it's ever been but I think the rest of it comes out on like the 15th or something? Something like that. And that's the end of it, I think. Yeah. Which is, I guess, maybe they'll wrap it up all right. I don't know. I still think they should do another season of Narco, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to end with, with the Queen's death. I saw I mean, some I saw some clips where it looked like the boys are much older in, in the next season or the next second half. So, I don't know. I mean, do they do a spinoff about, like, the Mar- the whole Meghan Markle thing? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Well, uh, a moment I've been waiting for. Oh, God. Ryan and I watched a film a while back after I recommended that we do um, by the name of Sisu. 
And now another member of our quad has uh, has done that. So, John, you've gotten to watch Sisu. I did. I watched so, Sisu. Before you get into that, I just want to say that I have actually looked this kind of stuff up. The stories in Sisu, it is a thousand percent true based on a real guy in Finland. Okay. Like, this is a thousand... This, this Like, I mean, I'm sure the stuff that happens in Sisu might be exaggerated, but the stories they tell before the movie, it's all real, which is amazing that this guy did all this stuff. And only, and I guess just going into it, I just thought this guy's name was going to be Sisu, but they ex- do explain in the beginning that it's, it's like a word in Finnish that can't be translated, they said, but yeah. it means like, it's like, uh, it's like just... Baba Yaga. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's just like force of will or something yeah. like that. Just like, and basically this guy just, as they say, he refuses to die. And there's some very cool, like, badass scenes. I was expecting it to be a subtitle movie, which it wasn't. No, no. he just doesn't speak. Which makes it easy. But I mean, all but the Germans, else all the Germans English, speak. Yeah. yeah, but they don't talk very much. No, they don't. I, I thought it was a. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you thought. I thought it was ingeniously directed for an action film. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was very good. Very good. And, and and a movie where like I was kind of like on the edge of my seat, where I didn't know where it was going. Like I didn't know. Yeah. If he would live, I didn't know how it would end. Especially by the end of the movie. Right. I love the ending. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I. I mean, I thought it was great. I mean. I'd probably give it about an eight, I think. It's like John Wick on adrenaline. Exactly. Set, set in the, you know, the and I think the, it's, wide, the wide open plains of, of Finland. And I think it's part of the fact that, like, when you first see him, he just seems like a kind of broken down old man yeah. who's just working the field trying to survive, and these Nazis are fucking with him, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a shame. Someone's going to kill him. And then the real hero will show up, and then we'll get to it. No, he's the guy. You don't mess with this man. And there's a scene. I don't know if I, I should. You, you when I tell you guys that what I'm talking about, I don't know what he, I should say it on here. But there's a scene where I'm like, I didn't know exactly what he was gonna do. Where they they sick the dogs on him, and the dogs start running after him. And I mean, I just I was not expecting what happened to happen. And and no, just he doesn't kill the dog. <laughs> but but it was just it's not at all what I thought what was about to happen, and it was awesome. Yeah, it's uh, on. It's on stars though. I okay. also I'll love the it. fact I'm, that I'm like, gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch. Hashtag, uh, you know, woke. I love how they incorporated female empowerment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very subtly into the film. I mean, it's in the trailer, but all, all these women the who are tank. abused and, and tortured by these Nazis, like when he unleashes them on the Nazis, yeah. that's when the movie gets really crazy. Yeah. That would make, that would make a good spinoff. Like Hell that, yeah, those, those crazy Nazi women. Well, uh, Ryan. You got to watch a, a film, I think it's from Netflix, called The Marksman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Did tell us like what the fuck about it. <laughs> it's a Liam Neeson movie. Good old Liam Neeson. So, you know what he does. He has a particular set of skills. He does, and he has a particular set of skills in this film. So he plays a... Uh, Marksman? Yeah, um, but he, he's sort of like a former um, military guy. He, he lives on the border of, like, Arizona... Slash New Mexico and has Mexico an Irish border. accent. No, he literally is like his his farm is like right on the border at Mexico. So he sort of works in conjunction with Customs and Border Patrol whenever he encounters like illegals who are maybe like you know have tried to cross over and are like they've really hurt themselves or they, they can't make it. He'll radio in to Customs to come pick these guys up and blah 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 blah. And he's had some some difficulties in his past family life, and one day he's driving around his little perimeter and he encounters a mom and a little boy who've crossed over the border 
And, you know, he stops and says, look, you know, I'm going to call customs to come get you guys and it's going to be all right. And the mom's pleading with him, you know, you can't call them. We got to, she's speaking Spanish, obviously. But she's like, you know, you can't come and get us. Like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, look, it's not a problem. I'm going to call them. We're going to be all right. And then as he's talking with them, a drug cartel shows up. And for whatever reason, I'm not going to spoil it, they really want to get possession of these two people. Uh-oh. And if you know Liam Neeson, not the character, just him as a person. He's not going to stay for He's that. not going to allow such a thing to happen. So um, some bad things in, uh, happen at that point along the border. And Liam Neeson is now faced with a conundrum. He can either allow customs to take possession of the people that he's come into contact with, or he can try and get them to the destination that the mom has, has instructed to him that that's where they're trying to go in Chicago. Because it's Liam Neeson, I think we all know what he's going to do. He's going to try and get them to Chicago. So that's basically where it comes. And the drug cartel, because they've got connections all over the country, they start calling in all their favors. Sounds and like the plot of Logan. A little bit, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, like, people are coming at these Liam Neeson and his group, like, the whole way there. Um, it's a very um, entertaining action film, very much in line with Liam Neeson's latest you know string of movies and what he does I, I mean it's it's not like you know it's not gonna you know you're not gonna like watch it and be like oh this is a profound movie experience but i think you're gonna enjoy it it's it's uh liam neeson's very i think the reason why it's a liam neeson film is sort of a thing is because liam neeson is just really good it's kind of cool he's almost got his own genre now yeah like it is and it's always the same kind of character but i mean like remember when he was schindler and and rob roy Rob Roy. I mean, I see that but now it's always the same character now. Um, so I, I, I liked it. I would probably give it around, uh, you know, like a six point four. You know, it's nothing to like, you know, you know, write home, tell everybody you got to come see it. But if you're watching TBS one day and the Marksman's on, give it a watch. It's not a bad. I'm not gonna waste your time on it. Well, uh, a movie that sounds just like that. John got to watch Wish. I did. It's just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we had seen it uh, yeah. the week before. And what is that? Did you talk about it on the podcast, or did we just talk about no, it? No, we th- yeah, we, th- uh, we talked about it briefly because we had seen that um, that preview. Okay, so, right, so, right, right. So you've seen Oh, that's that. right. You yeah. saw the, that. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, handsome, yeah, I, handsome King Magnifico. I took my daughter to go see this movie. Um, Glenn talked about it last time we started. I, I We really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's really funny, and it's got some really good characters in it. A lot of... Uh, a lot of nods to different Disney products, you know, different uh, different characters and stuff like that that you'll see, especially like in a lot of the wishes when he's because the, the king has got everyone's wish saved in a little uh, ball kind of thing, glowing ball. Um, it's the yeah, blue ball of peace. Exactly, and uh, Chris Pine is he's such a great villain. He's great. I love he's so, him. He's so good, and and Alan Tudyk is also just. He's a he's a treasure. He is. I really like the music in this. Yeah, movie. it had good music in it. Is it like there's a lot of singing, like a lot of musical numbers? I mean, it's it's. I would put it on par with the same amount of musical numbers they had in like Frozen. Yeah, oh, that's a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, and they're good. They're good musical numbers. Yeah, Ariana DeBose is amazing. Yeah, vocalist. But yeah. Chris Pine, he he holds his own. Cause yeah, oh yeah. There's a they have a duet together, and it's a very pretty song. Yeah, but. good stuff. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, as far as Disney movie goes, I mean, I'd give it probably yeah. Seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Ryan went back to Netflix with a movie that sounds just like Wish called The Silencing. 
I actually just watched this last night. Um, <clears throat> it was late at night. Um, wasn't ready to exactly fall asleep. So you put on Netflix and just sort of meander around. And This was something that was in their top ten. So it must be something, a movie that just popped into Netflix. But it, it came out in 2020. It stars uh, Jamie Lannister. I know he has a real name, but I don't go by that. Nikolai. Nikolai something. Nikolai Coster Wildow. That's, that's He's that. a fantastic actor. I love this he guy. He is. Like, I don't think I've seen him in anything where I disliked him. I think he would have been a good pick for James Bond. Wasn't he in Black Hawk Down? He was. He, yeah. he was one of the snipers. Um, that's not bad. He might be a little bit old in terms of like I mean, what they were going for. Yeah, yeah that, they are. But I think he would have been a good James Yeah, Bond. I agree. Um, so in this film, he basically plays a guy who used to be like son of a, like an expert hunter um, with killing animals and stuff. And as you find out, his daughter was... Um, Kind of against all that, she she you know wanted him to embrace animals. Well, she ends up getting kidnapped, and he decides to sort of give up the life of killing animals, and he decides to create a, a nature preserve to save animals, deers, and whatnot. And while he's doing that, um, something happens on his preserve that is uh, a little bit suspect, a little bit curious, and leads him down a road to where. He has to sort of like divert back to his animalistic uh, ways of doing things, and um, I really like this movie. Um, it's it's a little bit long. There's I love how a lot of the characters in it though. Um, there is a definitive villain, and you don't really find that out until the end who it is because it's a, it's kind of a mystery. But a lot of the characters on the way are kind of like in in the gray area. Um, there's a, a cop in it who is uh she's running for re-election and she's got a brother who's got some some legal problems in town and there's some some suspicion if her brother is involved with what happened on his land so like she's kind of like do i help my brother do i investigate you know it's, it's that kind of thing so a lot of the characters are in middling in gray areas but uh it's a very interesting film it's not it's not shakespeare by any means but I was in, in engaged with it. I also like movies that give you a weapon that I've never seen before. It's an epin, a weapon called an Adelau. It's like a like a projectile spear. I mean, you, you guys can Google it. It looks crazy. Like a harpoon type thing. Kind of, but it's not. It's not a gun. It's like it's like a. Is it one of those things? They all right. So I know, and going back to the reality shows on Survivor, they would give them these little. It almost looks like a slingshot, but it's a harpoon, and they would go spear fishing with it. Kind of. I'm, I'm trying to Google it real quick so you can see what it looks like. Um, so we can see what it looks like, not the audience. Yeah, I mean, the hell with the audience. Yeah, y'all got to look it up yourselves. Well, we could, lazy we could put the picture on social media. Yeah. So follow us at the Austin Village podcast on Facebook, and you'll be able to see this picture. There you go. And if you forget about that, we're going to remind you at the end of the episode. Yeah, we too, always so. do. So you can see in this picture, he's got it like like a spear. Okay, yeah. But it like it slingshots the, the projectile forward. Oh, yeah, they call that a shake spear Yeah. So, in love. The killer essentially uses that in the woods. Um, What's it called? An Adelau? Adelau. Yeah, interesting. But uh, I, I really enjoy this movie, and if for nothing else... They also give that to people with ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lannister is, is great in it. I know he's got another name, but I call him Jamie Lannister, just like I call William H. Macy Jerry Lundegaard. Well, that's his name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hmm. um, I'd give this probably like a 7.2. Um I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a, a very good mystery action suspense movie. 
You know what? Uh, this you remind you know, your insistence on calling people certain things reminded me of this for some reason. But during your uh, your bachelor party night that we had the other night, you uh, you learned a fact, and I accidentally got to reveal that fact to you that someone returned to the the WWE. It was CM Punk. CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, is that still resonating with you? I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a uh, CM Punk has returned to the WWE. Um, it's been almost 10 years. Why did he leave? Oh, lots of reasons. He uh, was badly injured, disagreements with management, um, lots of problems. Uh, but he, he did podcasts and interviews saying he would never go back and felt like bridges were burned and that was over with. But he made a surprise appearance a few weeks ago and he's back. Never and, say never again. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I'll say that. Justin Bieber. Um, well, you gentlemen have seen a movie called 65, and it's not about baseball. Um, I saw this a while back. Glenn saw this a while back, and I had been meaning to watch it because he made it seem like the most fun, laid back, just put it on and enjoy movie. It's a very simple movie. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver, who is really good in this movie. I don't think he's been bad in things. He's hosting SNL next weekend, too. Oh, he's promoting... Will they do another uh, undercover boss? Yeah, I'll bet you they will. Where he basically, in this film, he plays a guy who's... He's a pilot transporting, like, some cryogenic, I guess, scientific researchers from one place to another. But I like how, like, he's taking this job to pay for surgery. His daughter's surgery. It's very relatable. And as he's on the ship, his daughter passes away, and they encounter an asteroid uh, belt of some kind that was not on the charts. And it damages the ship. He crash lands on Earth. Turns out it just happened to be the asteroid belt that is going to send an asteroid crashing to Earth that's going to like send us into an ice age during the time of the dinosaurs. So he basically has to... His ship has been split in half. And he's got to get to the other half of the ship where the escape pod is and get the hell off the planet before the asteroid hits Earth. And yeah, there's dinosaurs everywhere. I have a big problem with the fact that they don't tell you if... He went back in time. Is I don't he think a, he was human. I think it was is he just, a humanoid from another. Uh, that's what, that's the way I took it because at the beginning when he's just like with his family on that other planet, and I mean he, I think it had more than one moon. It did. So I just I just sort of assumed this was a. You see, I think it would if. But then again, I liked it that it was simple. Although I thought it would have been kind of interesting if for some reason his DNA is what caused humans to come about. But. Um, they don't get into that. It's just very simple. He needs to get from point A from point B uh, before this asteroid hits at such and such time and then trying not to get eaten by dinosaurs. It's very simple. Sometimes a movie that's predictable can still be good if it executes everything, and I felt like this movie did that. Like, it gave me the what I wanted. The little girl was really good. Um, it gave me what I wanted. It gave me dinosaurs trying to eat them. It gave me him with a laser gun shooting that the dinosaurs. Cool, yeah. <laughs> I loved how whenever he encountered a problem, he pulled out a, an iPad and he's like, "What do I do?" He's like, and the iPad told him, "Yeah, it's what you do." We got proximity problem up ahead. It was just like I found it very enjoyable. Try to eat him. It's it's a simple movie. I mean, it's not like I don't remember what Glenn gave it. I probably give it about seven point three. Cool. That's about where where I'm at. It's a good movie. Well, <clears throat> John and I. Have both ventured. I can't to, wait to hear about this. Have, this is this is the main event. Have ventured to the cinema to see a film by one Ridley Scott. 
uh, detailing the life of one Napoleon Bonaparte, former emperor of France and lover of the Ziggy Piggy. Um, so, uh, John, what, what you know? Well, sorry, they they glazed right over the Ziggy Piggy stuff. They really did. And we didn't really. I was very upset that. about the water slides? it. No, no. Not, not in this one. Maybe in the director's cut. But know. Triumph Napoleon. Yeah. So uh, this movie starts out. Um, at the right at the aftermath of the French Revolution, they're in the middle of the Reign of Terror. Uh, Robespierre is running everything and terrorizing everyone, and he's Napoleon is is he is he a lieutenant or a captain at the beginning? He's, he's like a, he's artillery captain, and he's and he's just trying to kind of make a name for himself. And um, it actually says at the beginning he's in in Paris seeking a promotion. Now historically, he was not in Paris at the time; he was in Toulon. Okay, but go I, on. I, I didn't know all that. Okay. Right, and uh, so you know he goes on this uh, this little uh, they they send his little battalion on this on this mission to take back it's a port in Toulon right? in Toulon yeah they take back a port and uh, it's a great battle scene in the beginning and and uh, the battle scenes in this movie are incredible um, the movie however it, it goes it moves it's pretty fast paced and they do um they do they tell you like. At the beginning of each scene, they like they have a date at the bottom, so you kind of know where it is, and you know how fast it's actually moving. Um, but uh, and there's, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of stuff about Napoleon that I didn't know, um, and I found it very interesting. So, what do you think about like Ridley Scott bitching about like people saying it's not factually accurate? So, okay, let's let's get into that because there's a. Uh, this is the thing with the movie. Like to John's point, Napoleon. If you look at the time period that like for, he was 24 and he achieved. A lot before twenty four than you know most of us. Have so Joaquin Phoenix is playing a twenty. Uh, he plays him throughout his entire life, but he starts off as a twenty four year old captain, which was one of the points of contention with his casting. But uh, that large, dense life of Napoleon is put into two and a half hours. I am weirdly thinking, and John and I talked about this already. Um, after I watched this movie, I thought it needed to be longer. Seriously? Because yeah. it's it's funny because we've talked about in the past how Ridley Scott, before this movie comes out, he's talking about how he's got a director's cut, right? And we're like, that's ridiculous. That they're already talking about that. After watching, it's like, I kind of want to see the director's cut now. Yeah. Because it just like it moves through his life so fast. It's like I kind of wanted more. And there's so much there. to, to to talk about and to focus on, like so. And it's very good. Don't yeah, get me wrong. There's it's two there's two primary focuses in the movie: his relationship with Josephine, and his ambition. Yeah. And I say that because it's not simply his ambition militarily, but his ambition, you know, as a dictator, basically. Yeah. Um, the problem is there's a lot of nuance. And a lot of the characters in the movie, you talk about Rose Pierre, barely in it. Yeah. They're, like the main three people that you see in it are Napoleon, Josephine, and Talleyrand. Yeah. Do you, do you have a film you can compare it to off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. Um, what about Alexander? Alexander's shit. Th- this is way better than Alexander. I'm sure, but I mean, like, is it structured the same? No. Because I've heard Oliver Stone say, like, the director's cut is so much better than what he was forced to put out. So, okay, let's say this. Kingdom of Heaven. That, okay, yeah. Kingdom of Heaven, because Kingdom of Heaven, I, did, I only saw the director's cut before I, I saw I liked both versions, but the director's, director's cut makes sense. way better. Yes. And, th- and this is not a bad, like, this is a good, the performances are great. I told John it's kind of weird to describe, but, like, Joaquin Phoenix sits like Napoleon. How like, does someone sit like Napoleon, Greg? There's been paintings and stuff of him sitting, and he just... It's that, that characteristic slump, but that very stoic face, where he, he had a chip on his shoulder. 
you're talking about a person who, this is what you don't get in the movie. He grew up in Corsica. His parents were former noble people, and when the French sort of invaded, like basically took over Corsica, they were part of the resistance against the French because they were Italian. And when eventually the like, so his family lost almost all their money, and his dad, through suddenly switching sides and supporting the French government, got uh, the ability to send two of his, his kids basically to military school. So that's how Napoleon even like he basically went from being a, a Corsican to you know considering himself a Frenchman. So there's a lot of that nuance you kind of don't get in the movie. Um, and I'd say that that you know the comparison with that with Kingdom of Heaven is there's a lot of nuance that's in that director's cut that is essential to really making it a you know, transcendent experience. Um, but How does it compare? Did you see the Chris Pine, Robert the Bruce movie? I did not, yes, no. Yes, I did. Is it comparable to something like that? Maybe. Um, it is a lot more, and it, it, I was kind of thrown when I first saw it because I didn't realize how much it was going to be focused on him and Josephine. And honestly, I didn't know much about him and Josephine other than he was married to someone named Josephine. Um, and that's actually a pretty fascinating story. Um, but... It was. It had a lot more. I don't want to say slow because it wasn't slow, but like more non-action stuff in it than Character I was expecting. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's. They focus maybe on four really big battles. Yeah. And the battle scenes are awesome. They really are. Well, Ridley but, Scott can do yeah. battle scenes. But some of those battle scenes too are sort of like short. Like the one of the big scenes you see in the trailers is from the Battle of Austerlitz, and it's really a small segment of a really really large battle, but. It's them, like the people are retreating, and he cuts off their retreat because he tricks them into being on a, a on, frozen lake. Yeah, that was in yeah, the trailer. Yeah. yeah, and you know that that's a, a famous scene, and, and Napoleon was very much like a, a propagandist because at the time his reports, he oh we killed two thousand soldiers on that lake, and the reports, the actuality of it is probably between somewhere between two and two hundred that actually died in in that in the in that lake. But uh, his relationship with Josephine too, it's it's, it's a lot of complexity that. If they had focused on one thing with like the military battles as a backdrop, it might have worked a little bit differently. Napoleon's life lends itself better, I think, to a miniseries than anything. Yeah, but I did, I did really enjoy it. One thing that I told Greg, and I don't know why this bothered me so much, but sometimes these things do, is it always kind of bothers me when it's movies that are take place in a you know in a foreign country or whatever, mm-hmm. and everyone's got a British accent. And in this movie, everyone had a British accent except Joaquin Phoenix, who had an American accent. And it was just like it was just kind of weird. There was one I guy. I don't at know the why that bothered me, but it, it did. Like the French, like Secretary of War, or whatever, had a French accent. Yeah. But that was that was it. Um, and I can't look. If they were going to pick someone to play Josephine and to really kind of convey it, uh, Vanessa Kirby is. She was fantastic. This dude. movie solidifies. I told her like you know she's on on my my hall pass list. But basically, she's going to be the Invisible Woman. No, there you go. Uh, Josephine, and they detail this in the movie, she was married before her husband, she had ch- children when Napoleon met her. He was younger than her. And uh, her husband died in the French Revolution. He was executed. He was executed. Yeah. A couple of days before she was released. Yeah. So she basically was abused in prison and everything like that. So he chose this abused woman. And she was famously not loyal to him at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they came to, to a, a lot in his letters, like their letters to each other, like he doted on her. And eventually what happens is she can't produce an heir. So he's basically has to set her aside because he has to hold this French. They, they went from being a monarchy to a Republic to then becoming an empire, an empire, which he very carefully chose emperor over King. Cause he didn't want that title to, remind them of what they went through but it's it's fascinating because he really like up until his death 
Yeah, like his last word was Josephine. Yeah. And they do have a couple of... And these were a little off-putting. There is a couple of uh, MacGruber-esque sex scenes in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. And those were like... I was like, this... I don't know why this is funny right now, but it, I know, heard that the movie's actually quite funny. So it's, on... it's got some funny stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, grades, I'd, gentlemen. I'd give it a seven and a half. Yeah, I'd probably... I said seven and a half originally. I'd probably give it about an eight, I guess. But uh, I do... I am very interested in seeing the director's cut. I am seeing too. what else... It, I'll, I'll tell you this, this the seven and a half is for the, the movie overall historical bits and bobs if I'm judging it on performances and just how much I actually enjoyed it probably an eight, eight and a half yeah. um, I, I really liked it it's worth, see, worth seeing in the theater I saw it in IMAX because the prime showing was a little bit later but it was, it was I, I really enjoyed it I did have nothing but people who seemed like they were contemporaries of Napoleon in the room with me but you know like, and with, the, with the 65 movie the one that played the little girl those young Ahsoka. Yep, I see it. Yep, <laughs> yep, you're right. So, gentlemen, now it's time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Who are your nominees and why? Well, I called it earlier. I'm nominating our good friend Glenn Davis here. <laughs> I got to nominate Glenn. He, he helped me out through some issues here. Uh, a lot of, like, daily life problems. Well, peaks and valleys, it was most tranquil. Peaks and valleys, ups and downs. I'm nominating Glenn. He's also been, like... Uh, like he's the Chewbacca of the podcast. We all love him. He's like he, he, that he, explains the growl we hear. There you go. So I'm sticking with Glenn. He's my pick. Oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> so pick. Who are you gonna pick? You gotta pick yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I was gonna nominate Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot this week. Oh yeah, he got his. Walk he of, got his yeah. star in the Walk of Fame. Um, we we've been watching Home Alone. My daughter loves it, and that movie holds up. And I don't know, for, to go through what he kind of went through, and it seems like when he did his whole ceremony to get his star, him almost kind of like embracing his childhood again, yeah. it was it was nice. It was very heartfelt to see him up there and see him with you know, Catherine O'Hara and everything. So I'm going with Macaulay Culkin. And I just saw him on Celebrity Jeopardy recently. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, he, yeah. he lost to Rachel Dratch, unfortunately. But, <laughs> you know. The party boy. Yeah. Or well, was it party? Party monster. Party monster, I think. Yeah. Um... I know we Ryan, we talked about this earlier. Um, I'm gonna nominate Dominic West after uh, that. Uh, I was I wasn't. I assumed you were going to, and then you told informed me that you were nominating Glenn. So I'm like, I'm stealing Dominic West. As you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glenn's against Dominic West. Um, and my nominee is gonna be Vanessa Kirby, uh, because everything we just talked about with the Napoleon movie, but also I just every time I've ever seen her, her in the Mission Impossible films. Yep. Uh, everything she's in, she's. A magnetic presence on the screen. She's in the first two seasons of The Crown. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's right. Princess Margaret. Yep. She's phenomenal. Um, so she's going to be my nominee. So if you have to nominate someone other than your own, who would it be? Don't make it awkward. <laughs> uh, I would pick Dominic West. I mean, I guess I got to go with Glenn. <laughs> I, I, I was going to go with the Mission Impossible girl because I, I feel weird voting from for myself. Why? You know you're awesome. Well, just embrace it. <laughs> village.com. Yeah, village.com. I mean, Which, is it a little too Chris Klein from election where he can't vote for himself? <laughs> and what happened to him? <laughs> like, I feel I feel weird because, like, I don't know what happened here. What do you mean? But I, 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 feel, I feel the pressure. No, I don't know, I don't know what, uh, what well, exactly the details of, of it were. You, and did, I know you did we, kind of make it sound like you were, like, addicted to drugs and Glenn No, Sanchez. yeah. Yeah. He, um, there was just some some. I I, some, I, I got to. Um, you grease some wheels or some obstacles. Well, no, not really. I just I did my job. He he told me the right way to handle things and it made things a lot easier for me and members of my family and it was 
it made a, a day that would normally be like really stressful for a lot of people not stressful at all. You fucking angel. I gotta go with Glenn then. Oh, okay. There you Glenn, go. Will you come hang out with you, us? You need to come hang out with us. One of these podcasts? Not yeah. like outside of the podcast. Come hang out. So, Maybe this weekend. <laughs> for the record, you are only the second member of the Awesome Village to be nominated to win. That's right, because Greg, Greg was the only other one. On episode it's like 100. the Five Timers Club, is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, why did Greg win? I don't remember. I don't remember this. It was either. the 100th episode. It was and, something and the fact he, like, that founded the village. He yeah. was the only one who has never missed an episode. Oh. Up until, like, what? A couple months ago. Up until a few months ago when you were in Not Paris. No, my wedding. When you went to, you went. Yeah, when you went to Paris. Well, he, I thought for my wedding, like my honeymoon. Well, well, yeah, 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 Paris. Paris. yeah, yeah that's where you yeah, went, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, but I went recently, so that's why I was. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's the first time you ever. I think that's the first time you ever missed an episode. Hmm. It was such a good episode. <laughs> so well, well, uh, well. Thank you, th- th- thank you, guys. I I appreciate this, and you deserve I, it, man. I appreciate it. I'll I'll do a TikTok about this, as yeah. you should. The tickety talks. Well, speaking of which, remember there's a ton of ways to listen to us. Please do. Please subscribe and tell people about us because you know. What we know is that a lot of people listen to the show, but there aren't as many people who share that subscribe we button. Share. So it really would mean a lot to us. It helps us to improve the show to uh, make things better. So if you're listening to this, please hit that subscribe button. And then follow us on... Follow us at The Awesome Village Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X. And if you're on TikTok, you can find us at awesome.village.pod. All right, well... We'll be back next week where Ryan will finally be made an honest woman. This has been Greg. <laughs> Ryan. John. And I'm the awesome villager, Glenn. Yay! <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>